hello, hello, and welcome to the Genie Podcast. If you're new around here, my name is Selma, and I'm the host of the Genie Podcast. On this show, we talk about everything to do with science, particularly genetics, and this is our second season. I'm going to insert a little confetti sound here, so wait for it. All right, so yeah, this is season two, episode one, and we are so, so excited for this to be happening. The first season was great, but hopefully this one will be much, much better. So for season two, we wanted to start off strong and talk about a topic that I think is very interesting to everyone and one that I've been wanting to talk about personally for such a long time now, and that is why genetics. I've been asked this question a lot, you know, why are you pursuing a career in genetics? Why are you doing genetics? And today, with the help of a few of my friends, our lovely panelists, Tariq and Aya, I'm going to be answering these questions about why we decided to get into genetics and what a scientific training in genetics currently looks like. So I'm really excited to be talking to these amazing minds and hear what each person's individual story is and get into the nitty gritty details of why we decided to do genetics. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, please stay tuned as I think this is going to be an amazing discussion. And yeah, let's get right into it. Once again, welcome to the Genie Podcast Season 2, Episode 1. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's so great to have you on The Genie. I'm so excited to be collaborating with such an amazing group of thinkers and scientists in our first episode of the new season. Ah! I've already introduced you guys briefly in our opening, but could each of you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing in relation to genetics? So my name is Aya, I'm from Bahrain and I'm 20 years old. Uh, I study at King's College London and I'm currently in my third year, which is my final year of the Bachelor's of Science degree. And I just love genetics ever since I was in high school and even my um, subjects at university are all genetics related, even though I have the choice for them not to be, I still choose to make them somehow genetics related. And I kind of try to balance between both lab and research work. I'm hoping by the end of this year, I'll know which one I like more. But as of right now, I don't really know. And yeah, that's me. My name is Talag Murad. Uh, I'm from Saudi Arabia, Jeddah. I go to Brunel University. I currently study biomedical science um, as well. <laughs> this is my first year. And I'm really taking this just to like learn more about gen- like biomedical science in the field of like research, scientists, all that. And uh, hopefully I'm, I'm looking to go into the medicine field after that. And we'll see how life takes us. I'm f- more focusing on eczema and all that and like research. Cool. Thank you guys for sharing. That sounds amazing. So I am Tariq. My first question relates to the title of this episode. And that is, of course, why genetics? What made you choose genetics or science as a potential career or educational path? Really, uh, I wanted to do computer science at first, uh, just because I didn't know really what, what I wanted to do. But then, like doing my research and all that, really, like, what do I want to do in life? What do I want to do every day when I wake up, I started looking at like, okay, what do I love? What am I passionate about? And then I realized, okay, I uh, I really want to help people who who are like suffering from eczema and all that. And that's really like my main goal. 
so I, so I told myself, how am I going to do that? I need to learn the science of it first. I need to go step by step. So I said, okay, you know what? Biomedical science, it, it looks really fun. I, I see myself every day going into the lab, researching, like working with other people, cooperating. So I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give this a go. And so far, it's in my, I'm in my first year and I'm loving it so far. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I agree with Tarek as well. Um, for me, I think it was more that like, I really do see it being big and advancing in the future. It would really, it can really like revolutionize modern medicine. And uh, not only that, I think like also um, coming from Bahrain, I feel like the whole Middle Eastern region um, needs some more awareness of genetics. And like, especially since there's so many genetically passed diseases like sickle cell, like G6PD, um, even intermarriages that's really common in the region. Like, I just think people need to be more aware of it and get offered a bunch of different genetic methods to deal with. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's one of the reasons um, I'm, I'm trying to go into genetic counseling after uni is because I think we need a lot of education on uh, exactly. genetic fields. To be completely honest, I hated genetics in high school. I was doing IB, so we got to take like little snippets of each course in bio. So like a bit of anatomy, a bit of nutrition, ecology, things like that. And genetics was our third topic. I See, I remember because I hated it topic so much. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, what is this? I, I don't want to know. I don't really care about meiosis. I It's not my thing. And I was actually considering applying to uni for art and then psychology. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try biomedical science, like Tarek. So my family was like, okay, let's do that. And so I applied for a foundation uh, degree in Queen Mary in London for biomedical science, or just for science and engineering. That did not work out very well. Uh, my exam grades were really bad and the uni was like listen you have two options either you go somewhere else or if you stay in the UK you have to do a year of A levels and yeah I wasn't doing that because of my uh, two-year experience with IB, with IB so, yeah the same process again exactly yeah. what's the point so yeah. I was like you know what maybe this is a sign so I moved to Boston to Suffolk shout out Suffolk people uh, <laughs> and I was doing this kind of introductory semester while they were recounting my grades and when the time came to declare a major um, they were like okay you can go undeclared or choose whatever you want so pick and I was telling them, I don't know, I want something science-y, but I also want to do journalism, so I don't know what to pick. And at that point, I used to think that doing a double major meant that uh, you got two separate degrees, but that's really not the case. It's just like something, a double major is something you do on the side for, for fun. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll go with biology. If that doesn't work, I'll change. And since then... I've just been obsessed with the world of STEM. And when I took my first genetics class, I was like, wow, this is so much more interesting than IB science made it out to be. And it's just really interesting that our bodies can do so many different things and produce so many different things. And then at the end of that course, we had like a guest speaker that was a genetic counselor. And she came and told us that her job was basically a mixture of uh, talking to patients and running tests and um, also doing research. It's like, that's amazing. I mean, I don't have to go to med school to do that. So since then, it's been in my mind, like I want to do genetic counseling. And the more I research and the more courses I take, that's just like, that's something that I 
I think I see myself doing in the future. Yeah, and it just feels like it's the perfect fit for you. Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah it made sense. So did any of you guys have uh, doubts about choosing genetics or science um, in general? If so, what were they and how have or how do you overcome them? I don't think it was more, I don't think I had like something like a personal doubt. I think it was just more like, you know how it's not very common, like where we come from, um, for someone to major in like a life science. It's either it's like medicine or like business or law. There's not really like those uncommon majors. So I felt like at the beginning, I was a bit hesitant because I was like, I couldn't see myself working in a place um, in Bahrain yet that like offered the same thing that I was studying so I think it was more like a worry but then I realized like okay this is a science major like it's like one of the most powerful majors like in the world it can get you anywhere um so yeah I was happy about it at the end yeah what's about uh, you Tarek? with me really uh looking at science itself I've, I've taken uh, like chemistry and biology and physics uh, in high school so uh, like I'm familiar with that field like me going into it, I'm uh, I I know it's gonna be hard, and I know it's gonna be pretty challenging because like I know uh, like I have several friends who are taking the same course as I am, and they're pretty bright, mashallah, So like uh, I had to step up my game. I had to like talk to myself and think, am I gonna be able to do this? So like whenever there's a will, there's a what was it? When, when there's a will, there's a there's a way. Something. Way. There's a way. There you go. <laughs> so I said uh, I'll I'll go for it. I'll give it my all. My mom supported me throughout the whole thing, and my dad. And they said, go for it. And uh, yeah, I, I went for it. I applied and I said, I'm going to just change my ways, study more, like put in the work. And alhamdulillah, I've graduated from like a past foundation year. So here I'm in first year and hopefully like step by step, um, give it my all. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I think self-doubt is one of the biggest challenges we have to overcome, especially Aya, um, for us as women in science, because that's exactly. not like we're already a minority. And then in our respective communities, it's an even smaller community, especially since we're focusing on uh, genetics. So mm -hmm. it's just like we're in a non-existing circle. So, Tariq, uh, you're very new to formal scientific training. How has yeah. the transition from high school science to college level science been? So tell us about your inspirations, struggles, successes, everything. We'd love to hear about your perspective as a new incoming scientist. <laughs> it's been very different because I myself did not take IB. I dropped out like in the beginning of year 11 IB and just went for the American diploma. So. I didn't really know how to like because American diploma wasn't really that much of a struggle when it comes to science. So uh, I didn't really know uh, how hard it would be, but I had a, an idea that it would be hard. So going into year one, especially so far, it's been a lot like a lot of content and just you have to keep up with what you're doing and you just have to stay motivated because like, motivation is really hard to keep. And especially the more you go on into uni and it, what's really important is you have to have, in my opinion, like good friends that support you throughout it because um, you can have people telling you all oh, let's just go out and then you, you keep missing out on work and then you find yourself two weeks three weeks behind and that's bad but I've actually found myself especially these past two three months focusing more sitting in this desk just studying and studying and studying and like playing less and going out less I've, I've restricted myself to going out once a week and uh, it's been it's benefited me a lot I've been revising every day uh like all the work i'm doing i i haven't seen it in my life but 
I'm, I'm, I'm going through it one step by step. And every time I, I find myself struggling or thinking, this is too much, how am I going to know this? How am I going to remember this? Uh, I'm just telling myself, I find myself telling myself, uh, it's okay, finish, just do the work and then come back at it. And then I do that and I eventually find myself understanding the concept. And inspiration-wise, I actually get uh, most of my inspiration from like two of my best friends. They support me throughout everything I do, like every question I have. Because they, they both, one of them takes medicine here in Saudi, and the other is studying with me in King's University in biomedical science. So they're both supporting me throughout the whole thing. He's a year ahead of me, and the other, and they're both, mashallah, very bright. So they're like insp inspiring me to keep going and keep going. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's been working out so far, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I think having friends that do the same thing as you is very motivating because sometimes when you just want to geek out with, to somebody, they're <laughs> exactly. there and they're the only people that can understand you. I was at a gathering once and I was talking to my um, dentist friend about, uh, I don't remember what it was, I think it was... Um, ligands or something like that and then we were just debating on how it was pronounced and then my, my other friend was like D are you guys still talking about science and i was like yes she's the only one that gets to let me live but yeah i love the i love the fact that you're so motivated mashallah for me that's been watering down as i continue in my yeah, education don't worry. And by the time you get to your final year it's completely watered down until it becomes a course of habit so so mashallah thanks for that thanks for that yeah mashallah like like i i envy you i wish i was still I my uh, freshman self and still had any habits still early for me <laughs> Yep, you'll you'll get there. You'll get there. No, but um, speaking about inspirations, I know we briefly mentioned this when I asked why genetics. But what inspires you, both in your work and in your personal lives, and do these inspirations feed off of one another? Nice question. I need to think about that. <laughs> really, inspiration. If you go more detail with my inspiration, like it's a bit personal, but I'm I'm really open about it. Uh, like I said before, in like I've been like alhamdulillah, uh, like I've been diagnosed with eczema, eczema my whole life. So this, the struggles you get sometimes, uh, like that really, I like I look back at that and I think and I that really motivates me. It's like I, aside from my work, um, I really just look into like research about it and like all the details about it and how it relates to your body. Because the other day I find myself um, working through my anatomy work and then I was like. I took a break and I like, was researching a little bit about eczema. And then I found myself looking at the exact same two diagrams in my textbook and in my, the research page I found. They were both describing the epidermis and, and like the layers and something. And uh, th there was this protein called fibrils, fibron, something like that, um, that, that has to relate to with uh, hydration uh, with people with eczema and they lack that. So I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this, this relates. And I was like, I was getting motivated, you know? I was saying, this I'm like I'm getting there. I'm understanding slowly, and uh, yeah, that inspired me a bit. Uh, but usually, if I'm ever down or like not down, but if I'm ever in, in need of an inspiration, I just step back and think about why I'm doing this, and then that really motivates me. Even if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like in a long night work out like working session, and I'm like really sleepy, I just take a step back, think about that, and I, I get energized again. It's actually really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I have like. <laughs> 
to like um they're not really personal but it's just maybe again it goes back to why i chose genetics so when i was younger like i always used to ask my parents because like i have a cousin who has blue eyes and no one in the family has blue eyes so i used to ask my parents i'm like how did she end up with blue eyes and like no one in the family has blue eyes and like no one could answer me like they just say it's genetics and it would and they'd stop there so i think that was one thing and the second thing it's also a bit very personal but i can't bear to see like children or just people in general specifically like cancer patients different types of patients like it's just an issue that actually gets to me like on a personal level and like i just want i wanted to go into the field to feel good if that makes sense like i feel like i am contributing to like a development in modern day medicine even if it's so small even if i'm just studying it working on like different types of medicines that are being created it's just a feeling that i get like at the end of the day i feel happy i feel rewarded kind of knowing that like i picked a major that's so big in the world and like it's very like even if it's controversial it's still something that's constantly changing for the better what inspires me to be honest um like i found two people in my course we've been together since first year and we work together constantly like i always think that science is more of a team effort especially like as you grow up maybe um Tariq, in your first year, it might not be the case because also in my first year, we didn't really have much of teamwork. But later, you work in the labs together, you do research papers, you stay up for hours together, all working on the same thing. So for me, they inspire me a lot. It's like I want to get the job done with them. And then at the end, we really end up like getting the job done like quite well. So it's it's a very good feeling. And it's like an, it's a cycle. We motivate each other. And, you know, like it's just it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love your answers, Yanni Manjad. Your answers were inspiring. I, I think I was the same as um, as both of you, actually. I, uh, I, um, I, I was always asking, okay, why? Or like when, <laughs> this is really like basic, but you know when you're a kid and your teacher makes you do that experiment where you grow like a sapling on a cotton bed with yeah. water. Like I was so, my mind was blown by that. Like what that can happen? I mean, I've seen plants, but to actually be able to propagate that was just mind blowing to me. And I was always into like science classes and things like that. And Tarek, I also have a personal inspiration. Um, my dad passed away when I was two from liver cancer. I was always interested in, um, in why, like what happens, what goes wrong in people with cancer or with genetic uh, diseases. My cousin uh, Ahmad actually has G6PD. And we did an episode on that. And when I was researching everything that he had, I was like, well, I think it was a combination of me being at the stage in my education where I could read and like fully understand scientific papers. And the fact that I could get what was in the paper was so like that in itself is inspiring. Like, oh, yeah, I get what they're talking about. What when they're most saying, people exactly. yeah, yeah. would just look at it and be like, that's that's not for me i mean sometimes research papers are a bit too much but um i love being able to understand what what's going on in the world world of research and um, treatments so i'm currently taking a cancer bio class and just to be able to understand like for example what went wrong in my dad or what goes wrong in different cancer patients and like different subtypes is so i don't know it's just really cool it makes me really um geeked out <laughs>
<laughs> I get that. Like when you understand what you're what you're doing, it's the best thing. Honestly, it it gives you like a like a little boost of serotonin, I guess, or something. And you're yeah. like, well, God, yeah, it definitely this. does. <laughs> Specifically, when you like learn something and then you connect it to a real life situation, you're like, this is what like it tied it all together, basically. Yeah. So Aya, this next question yes. is for you. Women like us, as we were mentioning briefly before, generally have a hard time in STEM fields purely because we are women. Um, there are growing movements that support women in STEM, but I wanted to ask you about your experience with the patriarchy when it comes to science. Um, not gonna lie, like it has been difficult. Like I, whoever I come across, whether it's family, friends, whether it's new people in the society, you know, it's like, and every time I come back, especially now since I'm in my third year, they just immediately come up to me and just say like, okay, but like, what are you gonna do with your major? Like as simple as that, they just throw me that question. Like, but yeah, like you're not gonna do anything with it. Like, why are you doing it? You know, like you're not gonna go work in a lab. We don't have a lab, you know. So it is quite difficult. Yeah. Like, it's like, I, but then again, this goes back to us saying how people need to become more aware and need to be more educated. Because as soon as I actually like open my mouth and I start telling them more about the major, they're like, oh, now I get why you're studying. It's just, it's just a cycle. Like, genuinely, you guys, this happens so much with me. So I think I deal with it well, because like, I am someone who's always been so knowledgeable and like I like to read a lot I like to expose myself to different types of education studies cultures I'm just someone who likes to branch out in general so I've learned to deal with that because like if I'm satisfied with what I'm doing then that's all that matters to me you know? true so yeah some hard-hitting words but they're they're facts right there no yeah, facts, exactly. throwing facts. um yeah. yeah I agree I I think the question of yeah, okay, what are you going to do with that is so damaging because, I mean, we all, I, we know the parents and the families that exactly. assume, like, okay, if you're not a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, you're a failure. And when you say I'm doing science, some people automatically assume that that means being a doctor. a doctor. And then there's, like, we, I think in the community, have a lack of awareness about the different subtypes of exactly. uh, science and how each yeah. one on its own is useful and contributes to things. Things like medicine wouldn't be where it is today without research and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, like you can't expect everyone to be a doctor because if there's nobody researching in the lab, then who's going to make the stuff <laughs> the doctors are prescribing? Doctor. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So now we're all studying abroad or in a country that isn't our own. And we're all minorities in that sense. And I guess this question relates to the one that I just asked you, Aya. But how do you guys feel as an ethnic minority in the UK pursuing um, genetics or science? Do you feel like you're presented with equal opportunities for work and study? And what are your challenges with the system? When you say system, do you mean as in like the education system? Yeah, I feel like the educational system in regards to like, um, like for example, internships or yeah. being able to work or mm. do things like that. Because for me in the US, I, okay, so fun story. I was offered a TA position from my genetics teacher to be her teacher's assistant for the genetics class. When I got that email, I was about to fly because that meant grading people's tests and designing the course and doing all of that for genetics. So I was just like, ah, I need to Over do this. 
But uh, when I emailed her, she was telling me that she had a grant to give to a student to work for her for like um, for compensation, so for like money. And I told her that I couldn't accept money because if I do that, then my visa turns into a work visa and it, mm. it causes problems with immigration and things like that. Meanwhile, my friends that are American or that are U.S. citizens and like in general, they have so many opportunities to work in labs on campus and they can do TA positions and it's no big deal. So for me, sometimes I just look at it and I'm like, you know how you need experience to get into jobs and things like that? Like, how am I going to get any experience if I'm always just looking from the outside? So that was just kind of my my question. If like you guys had similar experiences. Mm. For me, honestly, uh, I haven't really gotten into that yet. I'm pretty sure I'm going to start looking into that more once I get there, uh, probably end of this term or next year. But uh, I've I've seen my visa, and it also doesn't really tell me that I have a lot of hours compared to people who are there. So I get what you mean by the, um, oh, you need experience, and why would you not, like, have the same experience as them and opportunities? So, yeah, I kind of feel similar to you. Yeah, I think for me, I... Okay, I've changed a lot between my first and second year and then my second and third year in a way where I've definitely become more, I depend a lot more on like making really good relationships with my professors in order for them to help me later in the future, knowing that I'm like an international student and I don't have easy access the same way UK citizens or Europeans at the time, but I don't know now Smart. with Brexit you know yeah Yeah, so I just try to really work on establishing a really good relationship with them which is something I worked on in my second and third year because in my first year I had applied for an internship during the summer and uh they I remember they there was such a cool email I remember they they replied back to me and they were like sorry like we don't really have a high percentage for international students um when we're giving it more for like our UK citizens and for second and third years And I was like, okay, fine. Like the second and third year part is okay. But then I went and asked around in my course for the same people who applied to that same internship. And then a lot of them, actually, the UK ones, the UK citizens, one were like, oh, yeah, we got the internship and like a funded uh, funded uh, scholarship as well and, and stuff like that. So that was where I decided I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to work my way up and I'm going to befriend all my professors. I don't know if befriend the right word, but you know what I mean. I think establishing good relationships, um, whether it's with like your friends or with pe- your instructors or professors is really important because college is also low-key and networking sets up Definitely. where you have to like make yourself out to be really special that was really interesting to hear thank you guys for sharing that so my next question has to do with the representation of scientists and specifically in genetics now i started this podcast to communicate facts and knowledge to members of the public that might not be interested in genetics or science at all but i feel like if we don't look at science from a fun perspective then we're kind of stuck with like the age-old picture of a crazy guy with white hair and a lab coat and that also goes back to the underrepresentation of women in STEM. You know the type. So I think that's uh, true, especially for genetics, since most people that I know at least think genetics is just making clones or doing something evil in a lab, especially now with the CRISPR and CAR T cells. So I guess my question is, as a scientist, what role are you or are you hoping to play in changing the negative connotations generally associated with science and genetics? So I definitely feel like, or at least for me, I've always been the type that's more like 
I like to speak rather than like the scientist that's just in the lab, you know, like doing the work and stuff. Yeah. So that's where I feel like I can actually take what I learn in the in uni or in my classes and then translate those like really nasty like zinc finger words to Cas13 CRISPR into something that everyone can understand. Yeah. And it simply like lies in literally you knowing how to talk about your major. It's like talking to kids. Like yeah. when you teach them the alphabets, it's just about how you go around teaching them the, the alphabets. You know what I mean? It's being simple. It's being um, straightforward to the point and always making sure that like they're going to be interested. And it's something that they go home and think about rather than just something they listen and then never think about it again. You know? Yeah. What about you, Tariq? How I can really answer this is would be because, uh, you know, when your family members ask you about like, what are you, what are you doing and all that? And like you don't really want to show them because uh, like what you said are uh, the chemicals and uh, the white hair and all that that's what really they're thinking and you really want to change their, their perspective perception on that so like I tell them uh, the more I tell my family about lab work and all these different like exper experiments and you're doing in lab uh, and the ones I'm miss currently missing out on because I'm in Saudi uh, they really they're, they're getting excited about it and also my dad he talked to me the other day and he was like Oh, I'm gonna get you a. Uh, let's get a room and like get you a lab set up and everything. He was joking around about that, but like he was exciting about that, excited about that. And I've never, I've never seen him more like excited about what I'm doing. And uh, also, like how you, Selma, you, how you're like making this whole Instagram page and all this podcast and how you're showing people, uh, like science is actually fun. You know, um, I have a couple of friends who actually like enjoyed your podcast and uh, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, honestly, uh, try, how how I can make it fun is just the way I tell people. But future wise, uh, I I'd love like I I can relate to you, Aya. Like I, I like to speak. I like uh, to do that, and I hope I could do which like what you exactly said right there. And uh, yeah, that, that's for me right now. <laughs> yeah, and definitely. Like just to add to what he said about you starting this podcast. Like when I first saw it, I definitely felt like okay, this was the first step to like everyone like knowing what genetics actually is and like the best way possible because like I feel like you've been so clear with like every single episode is just mashallah like you're so clear and it's so simple yet so it has so much content you know so it definitely made me feel like so much better about the field and and accepting the fact more and more about me being a scientist you know you guys are gonna make yeah. me cry. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm always like doubting. Did that come across clear enough? Would someone, would someone like my mom get it? Like, because when I was doing my molecular genetics class, I was telling, um, I was quarantining with my cousin and his wife and their kids in LA at the time. And whenever I'd finish a lecture, I'd be like, Oh, did you know that Audrey Hepburn is really tiny because her mother was like put in a famine towards the end of her pregnancy and it interfered with her DNA methylation and things like that. And they were like what are you saying, <laughs> saying that yeah. sounds really cool so my cousin was like why don't you start a podcast and I was like me a podcast I'm not really the type of person that uh does things like this I'm really shy and introverted and it's just not my scene but I think once I personally started talking to people I think I I think I'm doing a good job of like um digesting things for people and that sounds really gross i mean like diluting things for people to understand and not in a way that like insults them but like just in a way that makes what we're doing easier because like if you go and tell someone yeah like oh uh 
T cells attached to the major histocompatibility complex to elicit an immune response as opposed to like, oh, you know, your cells um, attached to this protein and then you have uh, immunity and that can be like also used against COVID. I mean, I think like you were saying, Aya, the way you phrase things is really important and the way you deliver it to people that um, aren't in the field is also important. So yeah, I've, I've enjoyed doing it so far. I think I, um, I am a podcast person. <laughs> So the next question I have is very um, tricky, I think, to pinpoint, but it might be really easy for you guys. I, I don't know, for me, it's too complicated, but I'll throw it at you anyway. So what is your favorite part about what you're doing and why? Do you want to go for it, Aya, first, or should I? Um, I'm going to go for it. Uh, honestly, I've, I've, told, I've spoken to you about this uh, before, Selma. It's really the labs. <laughs> I enjoy like I've done two lab works before in foundation, but due to COVID, I had to leave and dip to Saudi. But I am eager to continue lab work. I really want to just sit, like sit, stand up in front of like other people with them and just collaborate and work. And you know, I've done titration and I think osmosis experiments. Um, and I and and what my university are doing. <laughs> I'm not really. I don't remember what they're doing but they're doing a lot of experiments and they it looks so complex and everything and that really motivates me i really want to go and like work on it and then when i finish all the lab work go home and look at what i did and look at my results and do the, the lab report because that's really like one of my favorite parts of this whole major that's the labs and the lab reports it's really fun yeah honestly i'm glad too. to see someone really finds lab reports fun like you go Tarek, honestly thank you <laughs> i'm the same i sometimes like when i'm in lab i'm just like what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing and then when it's time to come the, to the lab report i'm like oh my god i like i didn't know what was going on this what entire time right and i mean now how am i gonna write it but then like when you start going back and looking at everything and like putting it into words i mean for me it's like yeah, I'm presenting like, my work. I can I'm do doing. that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My favorite part of all of the entire like process of the lab lab report is the the end product. It's just like looking at scrolling through my entire work and like I did this. Okay, I did this. I did this. Okay. Yeah, it's refreshing when you get a good grade to it. Lizzie gets so happy when I just see that my Turnitin score is like less than ten percent because I know that like this is my work. Exactly. Yeah. I think for me it's two main things. Um, the first thing, it's an example, actually. So last year, which was in my second year of the degree, we had a lab extensive course, which is which went on for nine weeks of lab every Monday from 9 a.m. to wow. 5 p.m. Okay, it was just us in the lab. We had a one-hour lunch break. And it was basically to design a drug called Retaplase, which is being used to prevent cardiac attacks. Cool. So it took a really long process, and it was really fun. And um, actually, no, it wasn't really fun until the last week where the the guy who was leading our lab was like, okay, you guys, you should feel so accomplished and so proud of yourself. In this lab itself, there's around $40 million worth of drugs being sold in the market. But the fact that you guys aren't certified scientists is the reason why you can't make this money. And then we all felt like like everyone was standing there and everyone had their like hands on their hearts and like our jaws were dropped. We were just like, that's where you feel like, okay, this is definitely paying off and this makes me love what I'm doing even more. Yeah, and it's not just about like the money either at the end of the day. It's like also, oh my God, I did something that, is, that could potentially help millions of people. Yeah, and like you, sure. you did it. I yeah, did it. <laughs> did it exactly yeah uh, i think that was one thing and then this year i'm working on a dissertation that is about corona so it's very topical and it's very 
I think it's the research is very like recent. Like every day, there's like around twenty, thirty articles. So it's definitely very interesting to feel like you're working on something that's so topical and that's like in the hands of all the scientists in the world. You know. I think I don't know what my favorite thing is. I mean, like I said at the start, this is a really hard question for me to answer because honestly, like it can be something as simple as going into the lab and just using the micro pipette. I mean, that's yeah. really fun for me. I could just sit and pipette all day, um, and then it comes to like writing lab reports and presenting your research and also doing the podcast and like researching for that and like doing all the artwork and things like that like making it apply to genetics it, like all of these things make me really happy with what I'm choosing to do and I I really like um, in my courses when I get assigned uh, a project or something to do it's like my professor basically likes to throw us into these really complex uh, projects. And at first you're just like, okay, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to understand this? But then when you start doing it and you get it and you put the pieces together and you understand what you're researching, it's just, it's really cool. I second that. Yeah. Looking back at the journey from this point or looking ahead, um, is there anything that you would have done or would do differently or change with your experiences? Look, look, looking ahead with me, for me. Yeah, or like looking back at um, like co- uh, high school days. Honestly, I genuinely feel uh, that I wouldn't change a thing, even though um, I could have like now with the lo- workload I'm having, I feel like I could have taken IB back then. But everything happened for a reason, and it shaped me to be the person I am today. So I'm mm-hmm. really thankful for everything that's happened so far, and and yeah, just developing as a person, you know, learning more and seeing how I used to study back then for the exam by a, a day or two, taking everything in all-nighters to today, like studying months and months of work before the exam. And then the way I've taught, like then like studying is just fulfilling. Cause I'm like, okay, I know all this. Now I can just brush through my work and oh, I, I'm ready for this quiz and hopefully the exams. But yeah, looking back, I'm I'm grateful for everything. I could have, I felt like, I feel like if I have the same mindset I do now back then, I feel like I would have been like, I would have achieved uh, better in the IB and not dropped it, but I'm grateful for that. And looking ahead, I hope that I keep the, keep the motivation I have right now. And if, yeah, if everything stays the same, I, ho- I hope that like achieve uh, the same like goals I still have. I am. Yeah, I um I agree with Tarek. I am definitely a firm believer in like everything happens for a reason and like mm-hmm. therefore I don't have any regrets. But I definitely like if I were to go back, let's say three years before starting my university experience, I definitely feel like I would have I mean I would have liked to get some sort of lab exposure or lab experience through maybe just a small internship before Mm -hmm. beforehand before actually entering the field because like I feel like it's important to know what you're getting yourself into not just with university this applies with almost anything in life it's always good to have a glimpse of what's coming ahead so that's something I would have done differently but other than that no alhamdulillah like I'm really glad with where I am and I definitely feel like I've changed a lot throughout the Mm -hmm. three years like my education has taught me how to act um, and like during life, like the street smart type and like vice versa. So I think this all just comes with experience, honestly. 
Yeah, what about I your think so too. Yeah, I agree with what you guys have said. Alhamdulillah, I'm really grateful for my experience. I definitely think I went to the UK for a reason um, and that things didn't work out for a reason. I'm grateful that they didn't work out because I don't think I would have been as in love with science if I had stayed in the UK because it was just a really bad fit for me. Even though I didn't want to admit it and I went to Boston going like, you know what, I, I'm planning on hating it so that I can come back and study in Saudi. I think I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at at the moment alhamdulillah I'm at a position where like I can look back and see myself transition through the years and I'm excited for what's to come and yeah definitely my my education has also taught me how to be more confident and uh, present information like we've been saying all this time like through like you know presenting things in class or group work or collaboration I was someone that was really shy and couldn't uh, collaborate with anyone to save my life because I thought that I could just do everything on my own but as one of my um, professors likes to say you can't do science in a vacuum and the more exposure I get I I like I believe in that more firm definitely yeah sure so what do you guys look forward to seeing in the field of genetics in the future this could be anything. Honestly, um, I'm, look, I look, I'm looking forward for the lab work. <laughs> I keep <laughs> saying that, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, like, really excited for that. Thanks, um, Vladik likes labs. Yeah. <laughs> <maybe. laughs> I'm, I'm kind of uh, nervous, but good nerves uh, for the amount the, because you know I'm still in my first year, and what I'm studying yeah. is pretty hard, and I'm, I know everything's gonna keep getting harder. So I'm really, really nervous, but really excited about that. I'm, I want to like challenge myself. And just the, the, I want to have a better understanding of what like the body and like what we what everything is in life, you know. And yeah. I'm really excited about that part. And I'm excited to see what type of person I become in a year's time, and like what knowledge I have and what experiences I've uh, like had. <laughs> and yeah, that's really what's exciting for me. It's so uplifting. I love that. <laughs> it is. It's really is just a ball of positivity. Literally, <laughs> I'm glad I could uplift you guys. <laughs> I Thank think you. my answer is a bit more simple. It's, it's very simple, actually. For me, I think it's just like I'd like to see the word genetics more everywhere. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I'd like to see places that open up saying this is a place for genetics counseling, um, genetics disease, advanced genetics center, genetics research. Center. You know what I mean? Like you go around, you see clinics, you see hospitals, you see labs but you don't really see the word genetics which i yeah. feel doesn't give it the recognition and acknowledgement it actually deserves mm -hmm. so that's where i feel like it's important for everyone to advance even though like okay it is small and it it, it falls under like it can fall under biotech it can fall under pharmaceuticals but like for it to actually have its name out there is something that i'd really like to see you know, yeah. like if I were to come back one day to the Middle East and, okay, not one day, let's be realistic, I will come back <laughs> to the Middle East. I'd like to um, open up a place or work in a place that's actually, it gives genetics the recognition it deserves. Me you know? too. Definitely me too. I like resonate with that on such a high level. I think like, as you said, I mean, it can fall under biotech, it can fall under like yeah. just science in general, but it shouldn't because it's such a new um, and diverse avenue for helping people that isn't known about, you know? Exactly. So I feel like we should make that, um, we should see that be more available or make that new, inshallah, uh, sure. in the Middle East. <laughs> 
in the future or in other places too. But yeah, I think I'm also looking forward to seeing like new treatments and uh, things being advanced because I'm in my cancer bio course. I am very thrown into the research at the moment and we're working on a research project um, that's uh, considering like targeting a new protein for a potential drug to treat leukemia and mm -hmm. like the the stats are really cool and the like the fact I don't know when I look at papers sometimes I'm like why did no one think of this before you know right. like why is this so new and why is it not out there already but I'm excited to see things like that especially like with I mean more specific things like CAR T cells and CRISPR which we talked about before so if you guys haven't yeah. seen uh episode three you should hop on that um talk about CRISPR get some biotech yeah. engine in there but uh, I'm excited to see these things being applied more extensively in the fu future yeah yeah especially in the Middle East I mean like I feel like these things should be standardized and so lastly because we are almost no we are running out of time <laughs> um, as people who are currently in the crux or at the start of our educational and vocational careers, we, I feel like, are certainly qualified to give advice to the next cohorts of genetics and scientists. So if someone came to you saying, oh, you know, I'm interested in a career in genetics or science in general or STEM, what would you advise them? And what do you think is the most important thing to share in order to prep them for what's coming at uni or work? I'd probably tell uh, whoever I'm giving advice to, to just not be worried about uh, the difficulty or the the amount of work you're going to be doing i tell him or her the, uh, watch out like fo focus more on if you do you want to do this do you see yourself doing this in the future are you passionate about it and like go for it try it even if you're not if you like think it's fun or you want to do it or give it a try go for it but i just advise this person to give it a shot because it's really like it's, it's this field is widespread there can, it can go so many ways and uh, I feel like, like we said, like a lot of people aren't really aware of this. And th when they think of science, they either think of, oh, you're going to be doing this lab work, like the scientists or whatever, or you're going to be doing medicine. So I feel like people are, aren't aware of this. And like we need to, like, to share and show people like, oh, there's so many different uh, directions you can go and pass. And like, I feel like this genie really like helps people. And whoever's watching, like, uh, I think th it, it may influence them to try science out in the future. That's a really good answer. I like that. Oh, yeah, I advise them to watch the genie, basically. The genie. Exactly. <laughs> this is my Thank you guys. Me, uh, definitely, I, I'd be thrilled to welcome them on board anyways with, like, open arms. That would be the first thing I'd tell them. Um, and then uh, I feel like specifically for genetics, you really, really need the passion for it. Like, yeah. it takes so much to actually like the subject and get through it. Um, yeah definitely get through it like you will not get through it without the passion and it's normal for the passion not to be there at the start um, but that's why I definitely say if someone's not so sure that genetics is for them then you can always start with like biological science biomed 
and because with biomed my biomed is great because you get a real feel of every single field almost like yeah science chemistry biochemistry genetics and then you just know like through the content at a university level that's when you know whether you have the passion for the subject or not because like you said when we took genetics in ib in high school it was like what is this like you know like i don't care about dna replication (laughs) or meiosis like i want the in-depth stuff and i definitely think i definitely say that you just need time management i mean this is quite ironic coming from me now in third year but like usually i'm good at time management um i think that's about it like yeah yeah, I don't have anything to say now. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love I love it when people um, ask me about like what they want to do in the future and my advice. I remember Tariq, before you went to uni, you were just asking mm-hmm. me, oh, where should I apply? What should I do? And I was just so happy with the fact that you were interested in science. I was like, ah, there's someone new that might be coming into our field. But yeah, I think someone, um, as you said, needs to be really passionate about uh, genetics in particular. And personally, I think that comes mainly through like uni education, like you were exactly. saying, because you can't really get a full field of what it's like when you're in high school and also with like Tariq with what you were saying I think that um, you shouldn't fear the workload because either way it's going to be intense but if it's something that you love you wouldn't you won't dread it as much but yeah I think I think doing what you love is um, really important whether it's uh, science or business or architecture or whatever. So thank you to our wonderful panelists for joining us today. Aya and Tariq, thank you for being here. I hope you guys enjoyed doing this interview as much as I did. It was really fun. And thank you for being part of the Genie. Thank you for having having us. It was an absolute pleasure. Like I enjoyed every single second. Yeah. I agree. Thank you. It was it was fun talking about two people who like enjoy the field and just getting to talk about it more. It, it was really fun. Thank you for having us. So thank you to our listeners as well for your invaluable support and for joining us on this episode. We hope you guys liked it and will come back for more. Stick around because season two will be jam-packed with fun episodes and amazing guests like this one was. Until then, this has been your host, Salma, and you are watching the Genie Podcast Season 2, Episode 1. Bye!